Support for Kansas City Today comes from Cleveland University, Kansas City. From its roots as a chiropractic college to new degree programs in health sciences, CUKC is educating healthcare professionals focused on next-level health. Learn more at cleveland.edu slash impact. Support also comes from Grandma's Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. Today is Monday, January 31st. Coming up, we'll hear from a Kansas senator from Wyandotte County who says Republican redistricting efforts are trying to silence her racially diverse constituents. To have an effort make, made from our state legislature to silence that voice very much tied to politics. I find that very disturbing and not democratic. Plus, a roundup of state government news on both sides of the state line this week. But first, the Kansas City Chiefs fell short in last night's AFC Championship game and won't be making their third consecutive Super Bowl appearance. I I I love the Chiefs to death all day, every day, but Bengals got the best of us. It hurts. Next year. it hurts, of course, but we've been here for the past four years, so we know it's not out of our reach to do it. You got to give credit to Cincinnati. We, we threw an interception, and um, it bit us. Reporting for KCUR, Greg Eklund has more. The Kansas City Chiefs season came to a close Sunday after a 27-24 overtime loss at Arrowhead Stadium. The Chiefs were up 21-3 in the first half, but the Cincinnati Bengals kept the Chiefs out of the end zone in the second. In the overtime, the Chiefs won the coin toss, but quarterback Patrick Mahomes threw an interception on their only possession. Speaking after the game, Mahomes shouldered the blame for the loss. I mean, I got to be better. I mean, when you're up 21-3 to at one point in the game, you can't lose it. And I, I mean, I put that on myself. Bengals place kicker Evan McPherson kicked the game-winning field goal from 31 yards. Congressional redistricting remains at the top of the agenda in both Kansas and Missouri this week. In Missouri, it appears Kansas City Congressman Emanuel Cleaver's seat will remain largely intact, representing Jackson County. Conservative lawmakers seem to have let go of their demand that seven of the state's eight congressional districts be safely Republican. When the Senate takes up the debate today, conservative Republicans will instead focus their efforts on making the six proposed GOP seats even more secure, especially those surrounding St. Louis. Democrats like Senator Brian Williams of St. Louis don't like that. He points out that his party gets more than 40 percent of the vote in elections, but still must fight to maintain just a quarter of the congressional delegation. I think it's just a lot of work we need to do in the greater St. Louis region. And, um, you know, until it's a fair map and and it's representing the electorate in Missouri, I'm going to be strongly opposed to it. Another challenge facing Missouri lawmakers this week, how to spend a lot of money quickly. First, there's the state's emergency supplemental budget, which includes proposals for $2 billion in school funding and the voter-approved and Supreme Court-ordered expansion of Medicaid, the program that provides health care for the state's poorest residents. GOP Governor Mike Parson has also proposed increasing wages for state employees. But the dollars seem to be tied up in the House Budget Committee, which didn't even hold a hearing last week, much to the dismay of Democratic Representative Peter Meredith. We are hearing from school districts across the state that they are in a crisis mode, that most of them have spent down the funds they had from the previous allotment uh, from the federal government, and they're waiting for these dollars. They need them right now. One other Missouri bill to watch this week, a House committee will take up legislation that would provide compensation of $100 per day of incarceration 
to any person later proven with evidence to have been wrongly convicted. Currently, only those exonerated through the use of DNA evidence can receive state compensation. Last year, Kevin Strickland received nothing after Jackson County prosecutors proved he was innocent of the murder for which he had been incarcerated 43 years. Congressional redistricting in Kansas, just as in Missouri, is a process controlled by a Republican supermajority in both legislative chambers. But unlike in Missouri, the so-called Ad Astra map was approved with lawmakers knowing it could face Kansas Democratic Governor Laura Kelly's veto pen. And whether vetoed or not, and whether the veto is overridden or not, the map will likely end up challenged in court. Late last week, I spoke with Senate Minority Whip Pat Petty, a Democratic senator from Wyandotte County, about the proposal, which, besides putting the liberal city of Lawrence in the same district as most of rural western Kansas all the way to the Colorado border, also divides Wyandotte County, separating most of its voters from the more urban and suburban voters of Johnson County that make up its current district. I asked Petty what she thought of that map. Well, I don't think very much of it about it at all. Uh, I think it's a, a great example of gerrymandering. And um, Wyandotte County has been divided before, but there's certainly, but it's been a long time since we've been part of the third. And uh, there are just a lot of reasons to keep Wyandotte County whole. I, I think one of the most important issues is uh, about diversity. And this current map, map as proposed really divides in half the black population in Wyandotte County and um, certainly dilutes our minority voice in the elections and not only in my county, but in uh, the third district as well. What's what's what are the implications of uh, of uh, people of color not all voting in the same congressional district? You know, we have a very diverse county uh, in Wyandotte County, most one the most diverse in the state. When those uh, segments of the population are divided up, it, one, makes it much more difficult for them to uh, collaborate, and two, it does dilute their voice. And um, I think it's very important to hear that voice, to give them the opportunity to uh, work together. I mean, I, I can just look at the local elections, and we've had um, uh, my county now has the first black mayor, uh, we have the first black uh, superintendent at the Kansas School District. We have uh, the first black chief of the police department. So there have been many changes made just in this last year when it comes to minority representation. And to then see now at the congressional level uh, to have an effort make, made from our state legislature to silence that voice and very much tied to politics, um, I find that very disturbing and not democratic. There's obviously a lot of other business before the legislature right now. Um, and you're the ranking Democrat on the Public Health and Welfare Committee. One of the bills before that committee uh, last week was requiring pharmacists to fill prescriptions for drugs that are not approved for treating COVID-19, drugs like uh, ivermectin and hydrochloroquine. Uh, what do you think of that bill? It's uh, It had a lot of support in testimony before the committee. I find the bill disturbing and I find it focusing on one issue, and that's COVID-19, and not on the bigger picture, which is so important about safe, quality health care being provided to all the citizens of Kansas. So, I, yes, 
you know, a, a, a segment of Kansans did come out to testify and did provide testimony. Uh, and they do express the views of, of a number of Kansans. I will agree. But I also believe that the majority of Kansans, because over 60% of Kansans have been vaccinated, do believe that vaccinations are safe and that they do protect, protect from COVID-19 and other COVID variants, Omicron, and that um, mask and social distancing are helping us in the state of Kansas um, provide to have in-person public education, in-person meetings, and moving ahead instead of holding ourselves back because we don't want to look at evidence-based science. Uh, and this bill uh, ignores evidence-based science, and it also removes a, a relationship that is in place now between a physician and pharmacist. And uh, I don't, I don't think that's really moving in the right direction. Let me ask you about another bill that has been uh, before a committee this week. It's one that would reduce or eliminate the state's tax on food, groceries. I know you serve on the Ways and Means Committee. Are you supporting efforts to make this change? Do you think this is something that Kansans need? Absolutely. Ask the food tax um, is, a, is, as far as I'm concerned, after redistricting, the number one issue. And it's the number one issue that I hear from constituents. I have a very diverse group of, of uh, citizens that I represent, they're all hardworking and anything that can help them save money on their grocery shopping is very much appreciated. And when we look at how this tax was put in place and how it's been maintained, uh, and we have an opportunity now because of a $3 billion uh, revenue uh, plus $3 million revenue to look at, this is an opportunity to us to give back to all of our citizens because everybody goes to the grocery store, whether you're one person household like I am, or whether you're a five, six person household, we all buy groceries, we all would benefit. And that's what I see as being the real plus of this bill is that it benefits every Kansan. And it does address a, um, uh, a problem that we put in, that we legislatively put in place and that we can now correct. Before I let you go, I, I just want to ask, you've been uh, representing uh, people of Wyandotte County and a little little corner of Johnson County, too, uh, in the Senate since 2012 when you were elected. You're coming up on a decade of that service. I guess as you look back on that decade, how has it changed? Uh, how has serving in the Kansas Senate uh, become something different or, and how is it the same? Yeah, I, I mean, I I am so honored to have been elected now for my third term in the Senate. Uh, and I, you know, I never take it lightly and I feel I'm learning all the time. But I will say that public service has become more partisan and uh, it is harder to work with people that have a, a different viewpoint. And I have to say, I, I feel very much that our past president of the United States did not help this issue. 
government is a very important part of us having a safe environment to live and work in. And so we should be um, wanting to be included in all of these discussions and, and our, our citizens elect us to represent them and to work for the good of the whole, not just a small segment of the population. That's Senator Pat Petty. She is the Kansas Senate Minority Whip, a Democrat from Wyandotte County. Senator, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, Brian. Good to talk to you. This is Kansas City Today. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and Trevor Grandin and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more coverage of Missouri and Kansas government and politics, visit kcur.org, where you can also hear a live stream of Kansas City's NPR station. Tomorrow, a conversation with two men who served long prison sentences for crimes they didn't commit. Nomeen Ujiadeen returns tomorrow. I'm Brian Ellison. Thanks for listening.